Welcome to EMG Transformations with Dan Stoll. Each episode will empower you to ignite your inner fire and provide methods to maximize your mental and physical performance. You never know how one valuable insight can make such a big impact. Please leave a five-star review if this episode leaves a positive impact on you. And don't be shy to screenshot and share episodes on social media that you find helpful so we can spread the message and make the world a better place. You never know who may need to hear and the impact it has on them too. We're only scratching the surface. There's so much more to learn. Subscribe and stick around to manage stress, improve your health, and create lasting lifestyle changes. Buckle up and get ready to spark your transformation with Nova Fusion. Welcome to EMG Transformations. I'm excited to introduce a diamond of a woman, Eleni Anastos. Eleni is an educator, business strategist, prosperity coach, author, and survivor. After being at the wrong place at the wrong time, her life's work as an educator came to a terrifying end as she fought for her life from an attack at the hands and feet of her students. Although this experience was physically and mentally crippling, it became the catalyst for Eleni's reinvention. She is a beacon of hope and star of inspiration, and I'm so grateful for her and for the opportunity to share this conversation with you. Thank you for joining us today, Eleni. It is so good to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I just love your story so much. It's so on point with... uh, our theme here, EMG transformations, which is experiences plus mindset equals growth. And, you know, before we dive into that big moment, that really was that defining moment for your life. um, I'd love to hear about more of your backstory and maybe how that Detroit grit shaped you into the woman you are today. Well, I knew that I was born a teacher and I did grow up right outside of Detroit and still to this day, very grateful for that, even though I don't live there anymore because I loved the diversity. I remember my mom taking me to downtown Detroit, you know, when I was maybe four, five years old. And I always loved the diversity, seeing the mix of people. And it also, to me, just opened up a world of possibilities I grew up in the restaurant business. My grandfather was a very successful restaurateur. And you learn an amazing work ethic. If you do it right in the restaurant business, your work ethic is unparalleled. So having all that exposure to different, you know, different opportunities to all sorts of cultures, it was nice as cliche as it may sound. You know, my mom and my grandparents taught me the world is your oyster, so to speak. And I'll never forget my grandmother telling me, even when I was a little kid, as long as you're willing to work hard and focus, there's nothing you can't do. So I'll be forever grateful for that foundation. Yeah, that is Detroit mindset at its finest right there. (laughs) Work hard and, you know, it will pay off at the end of the day and you just got to keep moving forward and you know, that's the thing, like, you're not going to get to that goal if you quit. Winners never quit. 
quitters never win. So I love that. Exactly. And sounds like she instilled that mindset in you at an early age. Yes. Well, and I saw my mom deal with a lot of hardships. Mm. And especially later in life, she was almost completely blind, crippled in a wheelchair, in constant pain, and on oxygen 24-7. But every day she woke up, she'd say to me, every day you wake up, Eleni, you have a chance for a dream to come true. She never used age or circumstance as a reason to not try to live your best life. And to me, that's one of the greatest gifts she's ever given me. So I'm very thankful for that life lesson as well. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful life lesson that's going to stick with me, actually. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and that actually transitions to my next question of, you know, sharing what happened to you when everything in your life changed and you had to start fresh in a sense. Yes, yes. Well, the actual incident was in 2011. So that had been a while ago. But it was, yes, you mentioned being in the wrong place at the wrong time. It was during a school-wide assembly in the gym. And I was standing where I was assigned to stand in front of the bleachers where the seniors were. And it was, you know, spirit week, like homecoming. Everybody's energy is all amped up. And when the seniors came flying out of the bleachers, I got knocked down, trampled, and several of them circled around me, and I was getting stomped on, kicked in the head, the neck, the back. Every time I tried to get up, I got kicked back down, and I remember begging and screaming for my life. Now, I do want to point out, though, these were not my students. I had no personal relationship with them. They were students in the school, of course, but I did not know them directly. But again, every time I tried to get back up, I just kept getting knocked back down. And I remember the moment I was thinking, I have to protect my head because one wrong blow to the head, it could be your last day on earth. And I don't know how much time had elapsed, but apparently a young man from a distance on the gym floor saw what was happening. He reached in and literally dragged me out of that, that pit, literally saving my life. And I was taken to the hospital and ended up with herniated discs in my neck and dealing with besides the physical pain, the emotional pain and the PTSD. Yeah. I don't even have words to explain like what you went through on that, but something that I read in your book was the mental trauma from that experience and how hard that was to like you physically healed, but mentally that was a big almost restriction on your life that prevented you from even like going outside and possibly seeing people from the school. And, you know, that was terrifying. Yes, it, it truly, it was because the, it's not just that moment of the actual physical assault. It is the trauma that happens in layers after the fact. And when you have PTSD or any, you go through any kind of trauma, and I know everybody has a story, you don't necessarily know what's going to trigger you. And I remember, for example, going to a, a doctor's appointment, and I was driving myself, and I noticed the exit where the school was at, and I just started to shake and sweat, and it scared the hell out of me. And honestly, what scared me the most throughout that whole experience is when I was dealing with 
the the trauma and the emotional devastation of it and the betrayal, I didn't recognize myself because I've always been that, you know, quintessential, just pick yourself up by the bootstraps kind of person. And when I was so caught up in the pain and the fear, that scared me even more. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because it's, uh, it's something like, you know, we, we don't have it to that extent, but we all go through, you know, struggles and adversity in life. And, you know, that perception on that adversity can really, you know, linger with us. So I'm curious, like as an extension to all of that, how did you navigate through and overcome those paralyzing emotional traumas after experiencing that incident? Like, how did you move on from that going forward? Well, I sought uh, a lot of support because that meant to me, a, a big life lesson is embracing your vulnerability. Mm. You know, we are all vulnerable. And I will admit that I used to think, no, I'm not vulnerable. I'm the strong one. I'm everybody else's rock. But of course, we're vulnerable. And in no way, shape or form does it mean we're not strong. Right. Because to me, if you can embrace your vulnerability, and one of the biggest acts of courage is to say, I need help. And if you've got the guts to do that, I believe you're going to be okay. And for me, I researched a lot of different types of support and therapies and found things that worked for me. But the biggest kick in the ass for me, I remember it like sitting and thinking because I always, always have been so excited about the future, regardless of age. Like I would get excited about, oh, what's the next project or what's the next goal to achieve? And I'll never forget sitting in a chair and I couldn't, I couldn't even smile thinking about my future. That scared me. I'm like, I got to do something. I got to take my life back because if you don't have any hope about your future, it's a dangerous and a slippery slope to be in. So I want to, you know, advocate that please ask for help if you're hurting because that takes guts. It does not mean you're weak in any way, shape, or form, but also find the right path that works for you. You know, there's a lot of different support out there. There's a lot of different therapies. There's a lot of different avenues. If you try one and you don't feel that you're growing, like one of my favorite mantras is we have to grow through what we go through. And if you're not feeling that you're making any progress, that you're not growing through what you're going through, then you find something else, mm. you know, find another lane, but don't stop reaching out for support when you're hurting. Yeah. So powerful because vulnerability is a strength and it's like the most powerful thing you can do is asking for help and, you know, receiving that help as well. And it's something that I've had to, you know, shed that limiting belief that, oh, I can do everything on my own and, you know, take on the world and everything and be so independent. But that's that's not what we're here for. We're here to be together, mm -hmm. to grow together. And, you know, it's like one plus one equals three, the mastermind. And so, you know, we're just so much better together and we can get through tough times uh, a lot better as well. And yes. we can lean on each other for support. So I love that you mentioned that and the power of vulnerability, because that's really like the true connector with all of us. Like we relate to those vulnerable moments because, 
you know, we may not have been through that same experience. Like I didn't go through what you went through and you didn't go what I went through with, you know, Crohn's and having my colon removed, but we both experienced the same emotions of feeling lonely, feeling abandoned, having that victim mindset. Um, that's actually something I'd love to talk about because mm-hmm. I was stuck in the victim mindset when I got diagnosed in 2015 mm-hmm. till about like, I hate to say it, but like 2018, like that was like a three year struggle for me to really like what just happened to me. My entire life just changed. Same thing that happened to you. So, you know, I'd love to just touch on that. And, you know, like, because it felt like life was happening to us and not for us, but that's, that's not how it works. So can you touch on that? Yeah. No, I'm so glad you, you brought that up. Absolutely. Because I'll never forget the first time I heard life happens for us, not to us. I'm like, well, who the hell made that shit up? Like, what do you mean it's happening for me? I almost got stomped to death. I was betrayed by people I trusted. That's happening for me. I start thinking about that. Well, we've all been victimized to some degree or another. Everybody has dealt with something at some point in time, physically, mentally, emotionally, Trauma is, you know, it's an equal opportunity offender. Everyone knows it. But what I had to learn was that it's through no fault of your own. And I want to reinforce that with people because you've been victimized. It doesn't mean you asked for it. It doesn't mean you deserved it in any way, shape or form. But what it comes down to is that it's always, always your choice if you're going to remain a victim. You may have had no choice in what happened to you, but it is your choice if you want to remain in that victim mode. And for me, when I saw that, like, why did this happen to me? Why did they do this to me? I call those the cursed whys. Because if you get stuck in that why, why me, you you can't grow. You cannot move forward because you're just circling the drain of having that pitiful, poor, pitiful me pity party. And of course, you need and deserve support and compassion and love. But it, how long are you going to stay there? How long are you going to focus on why instead of what lifts me out of the victim mentality? It's like, okay, what are you here to teach me? What can I learn from this? What is the gift? And somebody had called me out on that and said, what do you mean it's a gift? There was a gift in what happened to you? <laughs> And I said, I call any lessons learned that will help me moving forward a gift. But some of those lessons were incredibly painful. Like, you know, again, people I thought I could trust, I couldn't trust. But they're still valuable because it positively impacted me moving forward. So if you're circling the drain in that victim, why me, poor pitiful me, Start asking yourself those questions. You know, what can I learn from this? What can this teach me? What's the lesson? What's the gift in this? And see what you can take with you that's going to enable you to take that step forward. Yeah, it's all about, it's almost like a responsibility to do something about that. And really, that's what got me out of that victim mindset is not so much responsibility or reacting to those situations and just like having this quick temper or just these emotional decisions, but instead taking a moment to pause and then respond and 
choosing to learn from that situation and you know where's the duality here like between everything that's going on no matter how bad things may seem there's that glimmering spark of hope and good to come out of that situation and you know that's what both of us try to look for when we're both in those tough times because we know that no matter how hard it is right now at this moment because it's much easier said than done. I'll tell you guys that. Um, but we're in there. Like we we do our best to find that hope. And it's not easy, guys, but it's a choice that we can all make. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you referencing that it is not easy. You know, again, we're not trying to <laughs> say that, oh, you just decide and you just carry on. You just pick yourself up. No, because to me, there's all the healing is involved. Healing is important because I know firsthand when I something bad happened and I'm like, I'm not going to let that get to me. I'm just going to forge on, pick myself up by those bootstraps. But if you don't take the time to process, get the right support and heal, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass over and over again. So have grace with yourself, have patience but the choice is still always yours. So don't give your power away. Mm, yeah, that's the thing. When we become a victim to circumstances, we're just giving our power away to those events when we can take it right back and do something about it. So I love that you mentioned yes. that. Yes. Yeah. So as far as like on this topic of mental health, I'm curious, like what has helped you the most on your mental health journey? Mm. Well, I'm grateful that I've always been a lifelong learner. Yeah. Now, I know that I was just born to learn. So I always want to seek knowledge and support to be the best version of myself that I can be. And whatever that means, because not everything is the same. You know, people talk about mindfulness all the time and, and meditation. And there, there's so many things out there, but it's finding what's a fit for you because as long as I feel that I'm moving forward, again, that I can get excited about the next day, the next month, the next year, then it keeps me on the right track. But I always want to learn. That's important. Because if we're not learning and growing, then, you know, we're not living, we're not living our best life. So to maintain my mental health, I really take the time to if something happens, something negative happens, to look at it like from that helicopter perspective, you know, what it, what can I learn from this? What is this here to teach me? What's something valuable I can get out of this? And again, sometimes it's a painful situation, but there's still going to be something valuable you can take from it to help yourself move forward and to keep growing. Yeah, that's so good. And something that everyone listening can apply right now. And, you know, I see that cross on you right now. And I'm curious, like, how has faith helped you on your journey with just navigating and getting through? Yeah, I would thank you for um, asking that. And I would I'm extremely spiritual. I mean, I was raised in a Greek Orthodox church, I went to Sunday school, you know, every day. I do believe in, in God. I believe in a power greater than us. And, but when I talk to people, whether it's clients or speaking to groups of people, you know, whether you say, you know, God, source, universe, something, some higher power, 
to me, having that faith, is it's about having that connection, that there is something greater than yourself that you can connect to that's going to help pull you forward. And whatever that is for you, again, I mentioned God, source, universe, however you want to call it, having faith is knowing that I will have the tools, whatever I need to move forward. And I remember I used to say to my mom as a little kid, mom, I know nothing's going to happen to me that God and I can't handle together. Yeah. And so, yes, faith allows me, it gives me the strength and it reinforces my resilience. Mm, I love that you mentioned that resilience because that is, you know, I, I love that. And I always say that like resilience is just like a muscle, just like a bicep or anything else that we constantly develop over time. And we have to put ourselves through those stress and that conditioning to get better and improve. And it just keeps on getting better and better. And we're able to withstand more and more and learn more and more in the process as well. And that's just like the experiences, mindset, growth, and that resilience is like almost the X factor to that equation. So I love that you brought that faith helps you and your resilience. And I think, and it's the, like the recovery time gets collapsed when I love, appreciate the analogy that you mentioned for, for the muscle, just it's like if we're assessing physical fitness, you know, say you're on a stair climber and your heart rate gets to 150, 160 and you jump off, it's how quickly your heart rate goes back down to normal, right? That assesses how physically fit you are. To me, it's the same with trauma when something happens to you. And, and again, this is not a race. I'm not saying somebody should be a speed demon, but when something happens and depending on what it is a month from now, a year from now, if somebody's talking to you and it's as if it just happened, then you need to find another avenue of support yeah. that will help you move through it. Cause people have asked me, well, how did you know you were ready to share your story, you know, write your book? Because I knew I had done a lot of work, a lot of healing. My mantra is share your scars, not your wounds. So you have to heal first. So share your scars because we share our stories like you sharing the what you went through, you know, makes a difference because I believe when we can share our stories, it absolutely could be just what somebody else needs to hear that's going to inspire them to forge on. But please share your scars, not your wounds. If you're still really hurting, take care of yourself first and then you can move forward. Yeah. You know, you wrote in your book that like after that devastating court decision that you went through, and if you would, if you can touch on that if you want, it's also in the book. Um, but you said something that really impacted me that it's not about winning or losing, but letting go to go on. And, you know, like, it's just so powerful, because we so much like hold on to that resentment or those negative emotions. Yeah. And yeah, like just it festers up in us. And so letting go to go on, like, I would love just to expand on that. And you know what you mean by that? That made a, a huge difference for me, because I did try fighting legally, 
for two years. And without question, it is absolutely my belief that the district staged a cover up and said the event never happened. So I'm at home again in the neck brace with PTSD, all sorts of pain, physically, mentally, emotionally, but I they stopped paying me. So I lost my house, really struggled. But at that point, because I did find attorneys that were trying to help me, I just wanted to at least get my health insurance back so I could get proper therapy for my neck injuries. And I'll never forget sitting in the courtroom in Lansing, state's capital, and with a judge and the state's attorney. And, and I remember the judge saying, you're a very credible witness. And I said, well, it's easy to be credible when you just speak the truth. He said, but we're denying your claim because you've gone against medical advice. And I said, how did I do that? Because I refuse to take the psychotropic drugs that are often prescribed for depression and PTSD. Now, I want to be really clear. That was my choice. If anyone feels that's the best route for them, that's what you should do. My point is, it should be your choice. Yes. And I remember yes. looking at the judge, you know, since when does an adult educated woman not get to decide what does or does not go into her body? And I just, I'm in the middle of the courtroom and I just started crying. I lost it. Like I had a meltdown and I shaken my head like, what just happened here? He said he knows I'm speaking the truth. He acknowledged that the event happened, but he was throwing my claim out. And that's when I just said, I'm waving the white flag. This cannot be about win or lose because I was staying in the struggle. And if we you know, stay in that struggle, you're never going to grow. So I said, this is not about win or lose. I have got to let go to go on. And I, I said, I'm not, I'm not fighting it anymore. I'm not fighting. I was losing myself in that struggle. I was losing my future in that struggle. Yeah. So now let's talk about your future. Like, where did this all, like, how did this become the catalyst for what you're doing now? And I just love to talk about this new chapter of yours because you know, we don't want to dwell on the bad things that happen. Yes, it's good to talk about it to shed light on things that, you know, need to be changed. But, you know, this is about positivity and inspiration Absolutely. now. And you are just doing amazing things right now. And I'd love to share that with the world and what you got going on. Yeah, thank you so much for asking. Well, right now I am a business strategist, a prosperity coach, and I work with entrepreneurs and executives. And I help them. I help them create, you know, the income and the impact and the lifestyle they want. But when I first realized, you know, I had to let go to go on and I thought, well, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Yeah. You know, what, what do I want to do? And I was finding some odd jobs just to be able to put food on the table after I'd left Michigan. And I was working at a chiropractor's office. In fact, it was a chiropractor that was, you know, recommended to me because of, you know, the next situation. And so grateful, so grateful to be able to, I was, I think I started at $12 an hour. I remember my first paycheck was like, I think $74. I was so flipping excited because I could go buy some food. And I, you know, because of the work ethic I was raised with, with my family, my mom and my grandparents, you know, it didn't matter what job you were given. 
You know, if I had to clean the bathroom, those are going to be the shiniest toilets you've ever seen. If I'm scrubbing the floors, you're going to do your damnedest. So I always took great pride in having that work ethic. But I started to futurize, you know, where do I see myself five years from now? It was not being in that office. And I I remember the moment where I went, oh, wow, I got to do something. There, the um, chiropractor had invited in an outside consultant to do some staff training. And she was a lovely lady, but couldn't really communicate effectively. And we're in that training and we're all sitting there in our uniforms, listening to her. And she kept tripping over her words and stopping and starting. And I thought, she's getting paid a lot of money to come in here. One of us is wearing the wrong outfit. (laughs) I was talking to a friend of mine later that evening, because even while I was teaching, I was always doing something outside of that to feed my entrepreneurial spirit and to increase my income. And I was working with private funding groups. I helped small to medium businesses get funding for their businesses to open their doors or to grow. And when I was talking to the friend that night, when I said one of us was wearing the wrong outfit, he said, well, you know, all those times that you help the business owners, not just get the funding, but I help them holistically. You know, I help them with their strategy. I help them with their marketing. I help them with their branding. He said, it's called coaching, you idiot. And people get paid to do it. <laughs> like, so I can go back and do the part of that work that I loved. Oh, my gosh. That was like the biggest light bulb moment, the biggest aha. And I said, you're right. And I knew who I wanted to start my journey with, to study with. And you know, I've got multiple coaching certifications. And I love my work. I love my work. I love supporting people. Yeah. And I, I just had this like quick question real quick. Do you think that if you didn't go through that incident at the school, you would still be an educator today and not doing what you're doing now as a coach? There, that's, there's a high likelihood of that. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like that's also a high likely, but like, again, this talks about how that experience was so traumatic and painful but it turned into something so positive and light bringing and now you're helping businesses and impacting the world on a large scale and you were doing that before with the kids and starting young and those are the future generations but it you're doing it at a a bigger scale almost now and it's just it's beautiful to see how such a traumatic event can lead to something that is so good (laughs) and so like it's beautiful Thank you. And that's what I really want to reinforce with people. And because when I knew it was time to share my story and I wrote my book that I originally, the title of the book was finding purpose in the pain. And as I was going through and writing each chapter, I went, you know, there's so much pain out there. And I published it in the midst of the the height of the, the pandemic. And I went, I need people to see something that's more hopeful And I thought, no, it's my reinvented life. The subtitle is Finding Purpose in the Pain. But I'm very mission-driven to inspire people that regardless of age or circumstance, that you can begin again after you've suffered some kind of trauma or you've just been through the shit and you think, well, I'm too old to start over or it's too late. 
or, you know, it's just been too much to deal with. No, no. Regardless of age or circumstance, if people hear nothing but that from this whole wonderful episode, please know that you can reinvent yourself at any point in time. And honestly, it doesn't have to be a major life overall. I mean, I started my own business in my 50s. I created things that I never even realized were possible before. And to me, that's what helped me move forward. But reinvention could be changing your daily habits. It could be doing something small, you know, because those those small hinges swing big doors. So don't think that you've got to completely overhaul your life because if you may or may not do that, but I don't want people to get overwhelmed. Well, I can't do everything she did or I can't do everything he did. You don't have to. You just have to implement some step, some change. And we all know that the decision comes first. So you could be one decision away from a totally different life. Yeah. And it's just, it all starts with taking that first step. And, you know, my friend on uh, another podcast, Matthew, he said, the first step is actually the most monumental step. And that blew, I've never heard it that way, but it really is. And it's almost like you don't have to, you know, see the whole staircase to take that first step. You just have to take that first step and then the next step will reveal itself. And it's like this hidden pattern. It's like a treasure map almost that navigates you. And, you know, that's the beauty and the journey of life. It's not getting caught up on the destinations. It's, you know, loving that process. And I always thought that with my health, like everything Mm. will be better once I feel better. And that's true. Mm -hmm. But I learned so much on the journey to feeling better and all of these like habits and things that I do on a daily basis today that just enrich and enhance my life. That's what it's about. It's feeling that fulfillment on the daily process, rather than getting that fulfillment at this end goal, because there's always going to be another mountain and we're just going to go to the next thing. So you might as well enjoy the journey. Oh, I love that you share that. Absolutely. Because like I use GPS analogy often. You know, we plug in our final destination, right? To get the series of steps that should get us there. But maybe you make a wrong turn. You miss an exit. I've never heard a GPS system in the world say, you're stuck, you're screwed, game over. You've got to stay here forever. No, they say rerouting or recalculating. Yeah. So why don't we have the same grace with ourselves? So this choice didn't work out. This decision did not yield the results you wanted. So what? You pivot, you try something different, you go in a different direction. It doesn't matter how we get there. But as you talk about embracing the journey, that's what's going to get you there. But have grace with yourself, because I have yet to meet anyone that's never made a decision that has all, well, people might say, no, I don't regret anything. And it's not about regret, but has everyone on the planet made every single decision that has yielded the best possible results or outcome? No. So have grace with yourself. If you need to reroute, recalculate and keep going. Yeah. Yeah. We are the captains of our lives. And, you know, when an iceberg comes, like we got to, you know, course correct a little bit so we don't hit that. And that that's what it is. It's, it's not a bad thing to reroute if things aren't working. Like 
that's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting, you know, a different result. It's like, no, you got to do different things to get that new result. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So to wrap things up here, I got two more questions and I love this story and analogy that you have with diamonds. So I would love to uh, talk about that a little bit and, you know, why it, it's so important to you. Yes. Well, when I wanted to rebrand under my own name, I think it was three years ago now, a little over three years, I also wanted some kind of a physical logo representation. And when I thought about feeling empowered or, you know, future focused and feeling, you know, strength, resilience, everything I looked up, the actual symbol, it, it just didn't make sense. It wasn't a fit. And then somebody said to me, well, honey, you're a diamond. And I went, oh, that, that hit me. And I actually give out these little crystal diamonds to, to strangers. And when I give it to them, I ask them, you know, they listen to me for a couple of minutes. First, I have to ask permission. Can I give you a gift? And I give the little crystal diamond. And I say, when you look at this, I want you to remember your diamond factors. The diamond is the strongest gemstone. And you don't always have to feel strong in order to be strong. The diamond is multifaceted. You can do many things. The diamond represents resilience and courage. And obviously, everyone's had something to deal with. And of course... My favorite, even after you've been put through shit and dealt with tremendous pressure, you can still come out shining brightly. So remember your diamond factors. I love that. <laughs> it's just like, it's like the best representation of life in a sense. Like we all go through the mud and we can all come out shining at the end of it as long as we continue moving forward and, you know, do those diamond factors and just like hold those as a part of our values and who we are and know that we are diamonds in the rough sometimes. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I just love that story so much. And to close out this conversation, which has been so incredibly valuable. Thank you so much for joining us today. I got one last question that it's kind of a new one. I like to have some final questions, but this one I'm really enjoying. So I'm going to hit you with it and uh, we'll see where it goes. So what's been the greatest lesson or piece of advice received that has made the biggest impact on you? Ooh, greatest lesson or piece of advice. It a little like twofold. The lesson again, it, it has to be to me embracing that vulnerability and that it's the courage to ask for help because none of us can do this alone. We're not meant to go through life alone. Like when I hear the phrase, you know, self-made millionaire, self-made billionaire, that doesn't sit right with me. Nobody is self made like somebody hired you somebody gave you your first job somebody bought your first product you know so it's about embracing that we're not supposed to go through this journey alone so don't be afraid to reach out for help and support you know what's the, the saying like if you want to go far you know you go alone but if you go together you're going to go the farthest 
That's that's so good. And, you know, something that we can all tap into, tap into our support systems, tap into those communities that lift us up and, you know, just grow together in whatever capacity that is. And, you know, that's something that I'm doing with Nova Fusion is creating that community Mm -hmm. so we can all grow together and be on fire, as I like to say, to get and stay on fire. Um, It's so important to have those people in our lives because in our immediate circles with our friends and families, those conversations may be a little bit different than the conversations we're having right now. So it's really important to just have those people in your life that you can just talk about things like we're talking about today and, you know, not have that feeling of overprotection, play it safe, you shouldn't do that, or, you know, things like that. So that's probably a conversation that we could have for the next hour. (laughs) Absolutely, because you just made me think of the crabs in a bucket theory. Oh, yeah, tell us. Yeah, yeah. Crabs in a bucket. Crabs, you know, a lot of people like to eat, you know, crabs, they're put in a bucket, they're taken to be boiled. So they become someone's lunch or dinner. But there's no lid on the bucket. So one crab starts to crawl out like, wait a minute, I can get out of here, tries to lift itself out of that situation. The other crabs, instead of realizing, hey, we can all escape and let's climb out together, glom on to that one crab that's trying to move on and pull it back down. So crabs in a bucket theory. So be mindful of who you keep in your inner circle. Because the crabs in a bucket theory is is real. Now, of course, it doesn't mean everyone has to be on your same path. But having a growth mindset to at least appreciate that someone else wants to keep growing and moving forward and progressing, to me, that's vital. Yeah, that's such a good uh, golden nugget to end this conversation with. So thank you for sharing that. And before we hop off, like you have to let us know how we can support you now. We got your book, uh, My, Re- My Reinvented Life, that will be in the show notes below. So anyone listening can just easily go to that. And then tell us like what else you have going on or something that you're looking forward to so we can get involved. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for asking that. Well, I'm actually actually um, going to be doing a, a, a complimentary free webinar soon about how to be future focused, how to get fired up again about your future. Because then in the beginning of 2024, I am going to have a group program for literally reinventing your life, helping people, taking them through the steps that I went through. And again, it doesn't have to be a life overhaul and it sure doesn't matter how old you are or where you're at. So I'm excited to just keep supporting people on their journey that may think I'm at the end of the road, like why bother? No, you can do something new. I want people to be future focused. That's so good. So if you're listening right now and you're looking to reinvent your life in any capacity, any area, reach out to Eleni. We'll uh, put her her LinkedIn and her Instagram on here as well. So you can get in touch and um, yeah, definitely, definitely advocate for that because reinvention or changing your life, transforming as the theme here today, like it's something that we all need to do. We all need to shed that, that skin and become this 
this new version sometime. So definitely do that if you're listening and we're going to wrap it up here. So Eleni, thank you so much for taking time to be here today and for being vulnerable to share your story. Your kindness, perseverance, and positivity shine hope on others, and the world is a much brighter and better place because of you. I feel like we crossed paths for a reason, and I'm blessed to call you a friend today. And just thank you so much for joining us today. And let me know when you're in Detroit next so I can uh, take you out to dinner or lunch, and uh, we can just connect further. Yes, yes, and thank you so much. I'm grateful to be connected to you, and absolutely grateful to have had this shared experience. Are you ready to take charge of your health and transform your life? Well, get ready because we have the solution for you. Introducing the Nova Fusion 21 Day Wellness and Resilience Challenge, the ultimate program designed to stack massive momentum, achieve peak performance, and spark your transformation. In just 21 days, you can experience a total wellness revolution. Our challenge is jam-packed with daily inspiration, education, downloadable resources, and exciting challenges to keep you fired up and on track. But that's not all. When you join the challenge, you'll also become a member of our exclusive Nova Fusion family. Together, we'll support and uplift one another as we continue to grow and thrive. Unlock the secrets of the world's best wellness and resilience practices to stay mentally and physically fit for a lifetime. From renewing healing practices to transformative high-performance techniques, we've got you covered. And here's something that sets us apart. I believe in these practices so much that I'm offering a money-back guarantee. That's right, if you don't see results, you can get your money back so you have absolutely nothing to lose but everything to gain. So what are you waiting for? Take advantage of this limited time opportunity right now. Go to novafusion.co slash challenge to sign up and embark on the journey of a lifetime. Let's spark your transformation together. I can't wait to see you on the other side.